RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. The financial secretary warns that the Hong Kong economy will probably shrink this year, but is upbeat about the medium and long-term outlook. A Hong Kong astronomer says he believes some of the SAR's best and brightest might be good candidates for China's space program. Oxfam warns that the gap between the haves and the have-nots has ballooned during the pandemic and calls for a rise in the minimum wage. And Hong Kong's stock market surges 5% as investors become increasingly confident that the worst might be over. The financial secretary, Paul Chan, has warned that Hong Kong's economy doesn't look very good in the short term and will probably record negative growth for this year. He says this is mainly because of external factors such as interest rate hikes and geopolitical challenges. But he says he's confident that the SAR will fare well in the medium to long term, thanks to China's continuing development. He also says the chief executive, John Lee, is poised to announce bold measures in his first policy address in two weeks' time to stimulate the economy. We will take a more proactive attitude to adopt bold measures to stimulate our economic development and provide new economic impetus. In about two weeks, the chief executive will be announcing his first policy address. Uh, in terms of attracting investments, in terms of attracting business talents, uh, market facilitations, there are bold measures. A founding director of the University of Hong Kong's Laboratory for Space Research has warned local candidate has warned local candidates for China's space program will need to meet rigorous physical and psychological requirements. Applications open tomorrow for Hong Kongers to apply to China's space program. Sun Kwok told RTHK that HKU's Laboratory for Space Research was created purely to take advantage of China's space program and hoped to, and hoped to put forward candidates for the recruitment exercise. But I think there are some unique aspects of candidates from Hong Kong. For example, in Hong Kong U, we have very extensive international collaborations and connections. So Hong Kong students, we have a bit of international perspective. They also are more trained into having an open mind in problem solving and not being restricted by standard procedures and so on. So there are some differences as well. Oxfam says the wealth gap in Hong Kong has widened during the pandemic with the richest households making 47 times more than the poorest in the city. That compares to 34 times in 2019. The NGO said that more than a quarter of the low-income people were employed in the first quarter of this year and those who worked in sectors like retail and catering were the hardest hit. Its Director General, Kalina Tsung, urged the government to raise the minimum wage to $45 per hour and to extend the temporary jobless subsidy to the end of the year. Because of the pandemic, many low-skilled jobs are not viable right now. And so many poor people lost their job. And so their income continued to decrease sharply under this situation. So that's why we hope that the government could have some measures for this post-pandemic period to help those poor people, especially the workers, to stand on their own feet again. Hong Kong's stocks have soared more than 5%, with investors increasingly hopeful that the recent wave of central bank interest rate hikes may be coming to an end. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was up 933 points, or almost 5.5% at 18,013. Mainland markets are closed all week for a national holiday. The surge in the Hong Kong market also followed gains in other markets, following data suggesting that the US economy was starting to slow, allowing the US Federal Reserve to take its foot off the gas. 
The Cathay Pacific Airways Flight Attendants Union has called on authorities to drop the rule for air crews to wait for the, their test results at the airport. From yesterday, local air crews no longer have to remain in closed-loop bubbles while overseas, but returning crew members must wait for a negative test result before leaving the airport and they're subject to more PCR tests daily. On an RTHK programme, the union's vice chairwoman, Grace Seal, says she hopes the government will scrap the test and hold arrangement for air crews and cut the number of COVID tests. It's tough for returning crew members, especially those who finished a long-haul flight, to wait two to three hours before going home to rest. The daily tests are inconvenient. We understand the need for such tests as a safeguard, but maybe the number of tests can be reduced by one to two soon so that everyone can live a normal life. Turning overseas, President Volodymyr Zelensky says Ukrainian troops are making rapid and powerful advances against Russian forces. He asserted that in the past week alone, dozens of settlements had been recaptured in the south and east. Laura Cooper, the U.S. Deputy Assistant Secretary for Defense of Defense for Russia, Ukraine and Eurasia, said the recent recapture of the eastern town of Liman showed that U.S. military aid was translating into successes for Ukrainian forces. The liberation of Lehman was a significant operational accomplishment, and Ukrainian forces continue to make deliberate progress in the Kharkiv region and also further south around Kherson. The Ukrainian counteroffensive in Kherson has made significant advances over the last 24 hours, and Ukrainian forces continue to liberate villages as they press forward. The United States will continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons and equipment to meet its urgent needs on the battlefield. Donald Trump has asked the U.S. Supreme Court to intervene in his legal dispute over classified documents removed from his Florida estate by FBI investigators in August. The BBC's Nomia Iqbal reports. Donald Trump's emergency request marks an escalation in the classified documents case which saw his Florida home raided. His legal team have been challenging the Department of Justice and last month an appeals court sided with the department ruling it could continue investigating the more than 100 documents marked as classified. It rejected Mr Trump's argument that the documents might be his property rather than the government's. He now wants the Supreme Court to reverse this decision and have the special master an independent and an arbiter appointed by a court review them instead. The South Korean and U.S. military have carried out a series of missile firings a day after North Korea launched a ballistic missile over Japan. Defence officials in Seoul said the exercise was intended to deter what they called further provocations by Pyongyang. New research suggests the giant asteroid which wiped out the dinosaurs also triggered a global tsunami generating waves well over a kilometre high. The BBC's Warren Bull has more details. Scientists from the University of Michigan looked at the geological record just before and after the asteroid crashed into Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula 66 million years ago. Their computer modelling suggested that the impact not only produced a huge crater but also a gigantic tsunami. The energy produced was 30,000 times greater than the tsunami generated by the Indian Ocean earthquake in 2004. Marine sediments from 100 sites across the world suggest the tsunami scoured the ocean floor thousands of kilometres away. The asteroid and its aftermath wiped out three quarters of the planet's plant and animal life. After months of legal dispute, Elon Musk has agreed to buy Twitter at $44 billion, at the $44 billion price he originally offered. Mr Musk had attempted to abandon the takeover. The BBC's Zoe Kleinman has more. 
The billionaire founder of Tesla first announced that he wanted to buy Twitter back in April. Twitter at that time wasn't keen and tried to block him. And then he offered $54 per share and its investors agreed it was a good move. But then Mr Musk challenged Twitter's figures about how many of its accounts were fake or bots, an argument that has never been resolved. The two were due to face each other in court in less than two weeks' time because Twitter now wants to force the sale and Mr Musk has been reluctant. What's changed his mind isn't clear, but there was a $1 billion termination fee at stake if either party walked away. Banks in crisis-hit Lebanon are facing a fresh upsurge of armed customers demanding access to their own money following the introduction of strict withdrawal limits. Yesterday, a Lebanese pensioner armed with a pistol and a grenade entered a bank in Becca Valley demanding his 24,000 US dollars in savings. Elsewhere, an armed depositor took hostages at a bank in the city of Tyre while a group of people in northern Lebanon stormed a bank in Tripoli. The Nigerian government is suing Meta, which owns Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp, accusing the company of illegal advertising. The industry's regulator is demanding nearly 70 million US dollars in damages. It said the authorities were missing out on revenue from unvetted adverts on the firm's platforms. Nigeria has stepped up efforts to regulate foreign social media companies. A new study suggests that elite rugby players are more than twice as likely as the rest of the population to develop long-term brain conditions. Researchers in Britain who examined the medical records of former rugby union internationals found that they were significantly more prone to neurodegenerative illness. The BBC's Hugh Pym has more. A University of Glasgow study in 2019 found that former professional footballers had a death rate from neurodegenerative disease three and a half times higher than that of the wider population. Now the same research team has looked at outcomes for more than 400 male former rugby internationals. Their findings suggest that overall the players were two and a half times more likely to develop a brain condition such as dementia with a higher risk for motor neuron disease. The governing body World Rugby said their aim was to make the sport the most progressive on player welfare. Sport now and baseball. Aaron Judge has blasted his 62nd home run of the season, surpassing Roger Maris's long-standing American League record. The 30-year-old Yankee slugger blasted a 391-foot bomb into the stands at the Texas Rangers Choctaw Stadium in the top of the first inning in Arlington. A packed house rose to give Judge a standing ovation as he rounded the bases to be greeted by teammates at home plate. The Yankees lost the game 3-2. Football and we start with the European Champions League where Napoli were the big scorers on the night. They thrashed Ajax 6-1 to stay perfect in Group A. Giacomo Raspadori scored twice. Liverpool lost second after they defeated Rangers 2-0. Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah got the goals in a performance that pleased their manager Jurgen Klopp. A really good defensive performance um, in a new structure. Offensively it created an awful lot Two goals we scored were really nice, like okay, bonus penalty, but the move from from um, Lucho for the pen was really good, and we played good in that in these areas. 
and the free kick from Trent was outstanding and setting out all the others can say it here again set piece goals are actually my favorite goals because you don't have to wait for where you are you just can celebrate them so um, I, I like the game a lot Bayern Munich hammered Victoria Pilsen 5-0 to make it a perfect three wins from three in Group C. Inter are second after beating Barcelona 1-0. That means Barca are in danger of dropping to the Europa League. More from the BBC's Mike McCarthy. Well, as expected, Bayern Munich saw off Czech side Victoria Pilsen easily 5-0 the final score. In truth, it could have been a lot more. The big development in Group C saw Inter Milan move into the driving seat to qualify behind them. They beat Barcelona 1-0. Hakan Chalaloglu with the goal just before half-time. Inter survived a few scares. Pedri thought he'd equalise for Barca, but it was ruled out for a handball in the build-up. Then Barcelona thought they should have been awarded a late penalty when and Dumfries appeared to handle in the area, but VAR said no penalty, leaving Inter to hang on in the San Siro for a priceless win. Club Brugge are perfect after three games in Group B after a 2-0 home win over Atletico Madrid, who are bottom. Porto picked up their first points by beating Bayer Leverkusen 2-0. Sporting Lisbon remain top of Group D despite losing 4-1 to Marseille, and it finished goalless between Tottenham and Eintracht Frankfurt. The England cricketer Johnny Burstow has undergone surgery on his broken leg and dislocated ankle and will be out for the rest of the year. Burstow has already been ruled out of his month T20 World Cup after sustaining the injury while playing golf. Unfortunately, it's a rather large injury that uh, was such a freakish thing that's happened. So we're definitely not looking at anything to do with 2022. It's definitely starting with the 2023, I'm afraid, which is desperately disappointing, obviously, with the the World Cup that's coming up in Australia, but also then you've got the test matches in Pakistan as well. Saudi Arabia says it's won a bid to host the 2029 Asian Winter Games. They're to be held at a planned luxurious mountain resort, not due for completion until 2026. Here's the BBC's Mike Thompson. Saudi Arabia might seem one of the unlikeliest places to host a Winter Games, but its designated hosts insist that the Trajina project will lack for nothing. The Gulf Kingdom has promised to create a winter atmosphere in the heart of the desert. It will offer outdoor skiing, a man-made freshwater lake and nature reserve. The lavish mountain resort is part of the country's flagship $500 billion NEOM project, a high-tech futuristic development on the Red Sea. And now for a look at the weather, mainly cloudy with one or two showers, sunny intervals in the afternoon, moderate to fresh easterly winds, occasionally strong offshore tonight. The outlook, a few showers and temperatures will fall slightly in the next couple of days. There will be sunny intervals during the day. Right now at the observatory, the temperature is 30 degrees Celsius. The relative humidity is at 71%. The news from RTHK. The Brew with Phil Whelan on Radio Three. You always drunk when you come around. I know you think that you got me down. Funny cause you couldn't be more wrong. I feel you right back. I bet you hate that.
Jones and not in love. Wednesday afternoon stuff here on Radio 3. Last bit of today's brew with me, Phil Whelan. And in a few minutes' time, maybe about six or seven, we're off to Singapore to get Chef Neil Tomes back on the air. Because tomorrow, actually, at his normal time, is JCVN's monthly Wine Wine. And he gets up really early in Verona in Italy. So Neil's very kindly come on today. From start to finish, no idea what he's going to make yet, but we will be on Facebook Live. <laughs> Brand new day. Let me see. 